There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk, and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Thursday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Lots of interesting people for you to meet over the next couple of hours. Thanks again for joining us on the show. Let's get straight to business today. I've spoken about this before, the scourge of loneliness in the world today. And it's hard to fathom, isn't it, in a world that's more connected than ever, yet there are so many lonely people out there. And I'm sure many listening to us today who have the radio for company or some people have a dog or a cat or a pet for company as well, but don't see too many human faces from one end of the day to the other. We're going to talk about loneliness for the next while on Late Lunch. And I'm delighted to tell you that I'm joined on the show today by the manager of the AgeWell programme with the third age in Summerhill. Wonderful people. Avril Heavey is with us. Avril, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. And with Avril today is a a gentleman called John Lee. John, welcome to Late Lunch. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining me on the show today. John, you're a lonely man. Yes, very lonely. Why are you lonely? Because I'm living alone and I, and I lost my wife three years ago and my sister died shortly afterwards in her sleep and that was the end of my family because all my other, my brother and my two sisters were passed away. And as the years passed by, when, when I was growing up, I didn't uh, keep in contact. And then I arrived at this situation and had nobody really, just just depending on the neighbours. And of course then, um, uh, the age well, I came along, which made my life, well, 100% better, really. And uh, and as the, as the time passed, I could feel myself getting that l- little bit better. Yes, OK. So, so age well has made a huge difference to I your life. Have, yes. But just come back to you for a minute. Do you mind telling our listeners, what age are you? 90 years, Steve. Good man yourself yes. and looking well in it at yeah. 90 years yeah. young, may I say. Yeah, yes. And you're originally from County Westmead? Yes, yes. Where in Westmead are you from? Uh, a little place called Rasky. It's just beside the village of Ballymore. 
I know Ballymore. Yes. So that's where you're from and you're now living in County Meath. Yes, yes. So your wife passed away, your lovely wife, yes. uh, Carmel, That's right, three yeah. years ago, was it? Yes, yes. And it was around this time, early in the new year? Uh, no, it, it was just turned the year. Yes. At the 2nd of... 2nd of um, January. Yeah, January. Okay, so yeah. she passed then. So yeah. obviously, this year again, for the third year, Christmas time and new year, yes, you weren't yeah. looking forward to it? No, 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 no. So before you got in contact with Age Well... Explain maybe to me what your life was like. What's your what's your day living on your own? What do you do when you it was? It couldn't be any worse. Yeah, I had nobody to really talk to, and uh, because everybody, my good neighbours, they had their own lives, and they probably gone out. You know, they, they would have visited their moms and dads and so on, and I was just on my own. The worst part of it was at night when everybody is, you know, they're out of earshot and you just can't pick up your phone and ring them at night. So I had nobody really. And um, even during that period, I I, I seen a counsellor, but she was gone as well. Okay, so you turned to counselling for help for this yeah. loneliness. Were you getting down in yourself? Yes, at the early stages, I uh, I thought of ending it all. You know, I had nothing really to, I had to live for. And my life, I was hopeless. And when I was on my way to Navin, when I was walking along the bind, I felt like just going in. And uh, I used to speed up or try to get away from it because I I didn't think that, that there was anything left. Nothing to live for? Nothing to, to live for. So you actually looked at that river and thought, this, yeah, might, be, this it, might be easier? Yeah, yeah. And I was very, very near. I, I used to be nervous going, going into Navin, even though there was a short cut up by Beaufort College. But... That's all closed in now, and uh, well, people like me who wouldn't be able to get over the banks, and uh, so I, I had to go on the road. And uh, most days I, I would have to get out of the house, and most days I'd be heading to Navin and going along the bind. Yes, and I, I I had to fight with myself to keep myself from ending it. Thank God you didn't, may yeah. I say today. I, I really thank God that yes. you, you haven't. But your day was you'd get up in the morning. You, staying in the house was lonely in itself. You, you yeah. had to get out, had you, as much as you could? Yeah, I I, I was so used to saying good morning, darling. Um, and I, I, my, my wife, she wasn't too well. And I had to do this and that. It was always really something to do. But, but to get up in the mornings, no one there go to bed at night pa- pass by by the room that that my wife used to sleep in and n- not having to do the routines that I was doing just up the stairs into bed no one to say good night to nobody to say sleep tight or anything like that but my life was at that particular stage it wasn't worth living and I didn't think it was worth living. 
You turned to counselling. Who did you go to for help? I went to Sawsad. They're in um, um, Canning Road there. Just just the end of the the, the street in front of the garage there. And did you find them very helpful? I did. I did now that... um, uh, they were marvellous to me. Really, in my, I wanted somebody to, to listen and understand the way I felt. And these people were was out of this this world. They let me sit down, go on and on, and it was breaking down because I'm a very emotional person. And at that particular time, I just could not talk about my life and about my late wife. Because um, you're okay, you're all right. It was too painful. Yeah. Yes, I understand. It was too painful. Yeah, but, but they listened and they helped me on. And then you know, I I wanted more. You know, somebody to to be able to speak to at times that would really need be. You know, when my life. Because I would be sitting down there, and it was a particular time I just couldn't look at the t- at the television, and my wife got me go to she loved m- m- music, and I just couldn't put the music on, because each time the music went on, she would jig it even though she was in pain, and um, it just wasn't working. So. Even television or listening to the radio or music, which you know people do, you know, no, to for company, you no, couldn't do couldn't that at do all. That, no. It brought back too many painful. Yeah, memories. yeah, because you know, we we were uh, very much alike. We liked the same things in life, and even though my wife was in bad health for for quite a number of years, she always had a great sense of humor. You know, she would boost herself up with music she loved mm. and of course she'd be, she'd be on the couch and she'd be jigging to it you know and, uh, <laughs> I can even I can yeah. see that as, as you say yeah, to me yeah. how long were you married for how long did uh, you know her 30 years mm. yeah long time I, I, she was my second marriage but this was a marriage we were just right made for each other made for each other not how long were we man and wife we were great friends as well so to lose so somebody like like that, live alone, although I must say I have marvellous neighbours, but the neighbours have their own families. Yeah. They have to do their own things, the work, but they gave me all the help they could. Okay, so they did that, but it was still, when you rose in the morning, there's nobody there. When, well, you... when you walk from a place, and you know, say you'd be in the neighbours house, and go into your own, open the door, no one said, welcome home. No one wants to say, good, good night. And then, you know, go, go upstairs. Yes. Go to bed. And all you told yeah. us there about passing the room, etc. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's understandable. Tell me this, today as you sit here, are you in a much better place? Yes, yes. Um, I, I would say the icing on the cake really was the edge well. Okay. Because they're kind of people that, to talk my language, they understand really the way I do feel. And they're always, you know, I, I can ring, you know, and this is John, so and so. And if the if the phone wasn't answered, they ring me back. Yes. And they visit me 
once a week and at least ring me once a week. So they're always there and they have made things a lot easier. But I'm still, I, I can't say that, that my life is the way I would like to have it because at times, you know, you just lose it. But it's grand to be able to turn to these people and they're so good and understanding. So they made an awful lot of difference in my life. Let's bring in Avril Heavey at this point. Yeah. Avril, you're very welcome to the show and you're sitting there listening uh, to uh, John Lee's story. Is his story typical of the people you encounter through your work? Absolutely. It really is very typical. Um not everybody who, you know, accesses the AgeWell programme is lonely. You know, it, we're all about improving well-being and loneliness is one of the pillars that we improve, you know. Um, and, and we've improved it by the people who are in the programme over 16 months have improved it by 90%, which is way beyond what we had estimated at the beginning of this programme. But we hear stories all the time of the difference that it has made and lots of situations where people would have been deceased or or even like John was explaining, had um, an ill spouse and there may have been carers in, in the house and it was busy and there was loads of things going on and then they've lost their, their loved one and then they come home and then there's nobody calling. So there's not that busyness of maybe home support calling in or, you know, other friends or family calling in to see the person who was ill and then there's that deafening silence. And you, you know? can you can see that, you know, yeah. where, where there is an illness and the house is busy and then yeah. suddenly... Somebody has passed on and everybody's gone. Suddenly yeah. it's yeah. just over and life has to continue. You know, there are other people to be helped. and Absolutely. But it's finding the things. With AgeWell, what we try to do is we, we go in. It's it's a well-being companion sport programme. So we have a companion that visits somebody for an hour a week and then two phone calls a week. But what we do, if we've created an app that was created by a group of gerontologists, and for you and me, Jerry, they're the people who dedicate their life to studying the needs of older people. So this app then asks about that older person's physical health, mental health, psychosocial health and environmental settings. And those different questions then are in an algorithm. So it's 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 matching up good old fashioned face to face, but using technology to bring the needs further. Okay, so, and that app, who has the app? Does the, the person themselves, like John, have that app on their phone? No, no? it's the AgeWell companion that visits them that they has the app. They have it. And okay. we do extensive training with them. I understand, I understand. Yeah. And then they can uh, plug into that for the person they're with yeah. and you can monitor as well using the latest technology. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. It triggers referral into myself and our team. And because there's not one size fits all to everybody, every older person is an individual and their needs are all individual. So depending on the questions that are answered out of that app we're able to link them in with the services they need. Terrific. John Lee is telling us his story of loneliness and what he's done to help him overcome it. Avril Heavey is here, uh, the manager of the AgeWell programme with the Third Age in Summerhill. Great people, I say it again. Thank you so much for your comments. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. I'll read uh, some of uh, your messages to us today on Late Lunch. Jerry, what an amazing man John is. I'm in tears here. I guess people should think more of people who do live on their own in their neighbourhoods and visit them more. I wish him all the best. Thank you indeed. That man sums up life, says another listener, for a lot of people. What a man to talk about his loneliness so 
openly. And what a great programme. Well done to Owl Concern. Thank you for that lovely message. Another one. Hi, Jerry. It's heartbreaking listening to that man. Thank God he found something and someone to talk to. There are so many people in the same boat and that situation all over the place, says Angela. Another one there just popping in. Jerry, what an amazing guest you have today. A wonderful man. I'm so glad he reached out for help. Wishing him all the very best in the future. And so on and so on they go. Thank you indeed. Does that hearten you, John, to yes, hear those messages? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I know um, it'll never, um, you know, um, make me feel any d- d- different, but it, it, uh, it makes me uh, proud that, that what I said could, could help other people and put them on the right road. Yes, and highlight this issue yeah. to to make us all sit up and think about people who we may think may be fine, but are living within the four walls no, yeah. lonely. You want to be lonely to, to understand the yeah. way you feel. You just feel as if... Um, I just couldn't get the word, but I do, I, I do... I could be sitting around there and I could be nice and happy, and all of a sudden everything all the bad things in your life it comes into your head. Yes. And you either try and f- fight them off or you have to get out the door and talk to some somebody. Do you feel a heaviness, an ache in your heart by times? Yeah, in my head, everything is... is um, well, it's a very hard thing to explain. Yeah. But, but it's not a nice feeling. I can imagine, yeah. I you can know? only imagine, and, and that's all and I And the strange thing, if you, if you could meet somebody and talk about it in a very short period, you're back to, you know, again... It lifts. Yeah, yeah. It's good to talk, they say, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is good to, to talk, talk, and that's a message in life. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you this question? And I, I'm, I, I'm, I don't want to put you on the spot, or if you no, don't care to answer it, 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 you can call this one. Would you like to have company again on a full time basis? Did you ever think about that, either in a relationship with another woman, or maybe somebody? You know, people are always looking for somewhere to stay and live. Yeah, well, to stay and live, well, I would have to. I, I thought about that. <laughs> have been advised. Maybe that would suit. But, but to get a, um, somebody, companion, uh, I don't know. I couldn't answer that question. But yes. I would have to meet, um, well, I very understand that. And it would have to be, uh, um, I don't know. I couldn't, it would have to be uh, as close to, to, to my late wife as possible. I understand. Want to have a good sense of humour. Um Unsmoker, um, somebody that just keeps me happy. Ah, that's not too much to ask for in life. That's what we all yeah. crave and, and, and have yeah. as well. You're not making a pitch here on the show today, are you? You <laughs> 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 could be, folks. You, you never know. But Avril, come back to you for a second there uh, uh, from uh, John's wonderful, wonderful story. Um, Living alone, you, you mentioned something to me earlier that some yeah. people actually it's fine and 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 they get on with it. It doesn't affect some people. Yeah, some not every older person is lonely. 
you know, and there's lots of people in the Age Well programme that are not in it for loneliness. We look after the well-being, so we look after informational and emotional supports and help them navigate the healthcare system, help them with, you know, linking them into other services. We help them with physical activity. We help them, you know, improve their health, you know, and loneliness is a wonderful reduction of loneliness is a wonderful byproduct of all that sort of things. So, and also our Age Well companions who we train to become the companions to go out and visit other older people, they become more resilient by doing this work themselves as they go into older older age because all our age well companions are over 50. So they're heading towards, you know, well, when we say over 50, some of our age wells are kind of close to 80 as well. So we have this, you know, because yes. it's a peer-to-peer service, you know. Um, so it helps them become more resilient going forward. And we did win an award last year with from Social Innovation in relation to uh, resilient communities because this programme does make pe- communities more resilient, mm. you know know, and people more resilient. And it helps people not just from a loneliness front, but also just to kind of get little bits of support and what's going on in their community. We do lots of training with the Ragewell Companions all the time with up-to-date things, you know, from citizens information, the local uh, guardie would be in and giving them all this training on security who then they can pass on to their clients as they go and visit them. So it's constantly keeping them up-to-date and passing on that information to clients. So it's, and it's the companianship that helps, obviously, with the loneliness. Mm. But but there's so many other pillars other aspects to, it as, well. to it as well. Yeah, John, another question for you here come into us, uh, Jerry. Does John have much interaction with people when he's out and about? I'm thinking of shopkeepers and you know walking down the street. You mentioned Navin there out shopping, or does he feel invisible at times? No, and I do. Yes, I have very good, nice people. Uh, uh, the shopkeepers, yeah. Uh, the restaurants I go to today are normally and they have a bit of a laugh and they make a special effort to, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a boy, you know, a good sense of humour and uh, I get on very well with, with people but I have to come back to the time then, great, I'm out talking to people, then up, open the door into my own home Nothing there, nothing to say. Well, I met so and so down the street. We talked about so and so. Did you hear so and so? You have no one to tell them tales to when you go back home. Yeah, and that, you know, that kills me really. Mm. Uh, Tommy is listening in this afternoon in Dundalk. Afternoon, Tommy. He says isolation is a huge problem. It's the biggest problem in Tommy's book. He lives in his own and has six children, but everyone is busy these days and have their own lives. The biggest gift in life, Tommy says, is friendship. The government should have a minister to look after older people. People in towns are nearly more isolated, says Tommy, than those who live in the countryside. Yeah, it's almost palpable sometimes. I mean, I, I live in Navin myself and you could see it even if you're in a coffee shop, an older person living on their own. You can al- It's almost palpable, the loneliness in towns. Um, ours is both rural and in towns, the Age Well programme, and you get, uh, there's different types of isolation. So you have somebody who's living in the middle of the countryside with nobody around them. So that's a different type of isolation where you have somebody in a town. It's it's they're living on their own, surrounded by people, but they're so lonely in the middle of it. Mm. So but the symptoms are somewhat the same for each of those different people, Mm. you know. 
before we finish, the yeah. AgeWell program, yeah. is it only for the Meath area that you... Yeah, it's only for the Meath okay. area. Yeah. And how would somebody, if somebody listening today felt they might like to talk to you or become involved, what's the easiest way? Contact Third Age and Contact Third Age. I have the phone number here. Go it's ahead. 046 So that's the Third Age in Summerhill for yeah. County Meath. That is the number. We'll have the number here off our usual number if you want to follow up on that one. <laughs> yeah. I better leave the last word to yourself. Let me say this to you today, or may I say to you, yes. that you have brought something to my life today. You've made me waken up to something because I just thought down the road for myself, if I turn that key in the door and there's nobody there, I have a pretty lively house at the moment. But I thank you for making me more aware of a situation all of us could face in the future. Yes, yes. Go back home there and keep your chin up, spirits up, work with the age well people and please God, you know, this loneliness will will not be part of your life. Yeah, yeah. I would like to do that to happen, but uh, um, loneliness is is near him. Uh, you just can't cure I know, him. I know, it's there, know. but look, yeah. you'll do your best and but I know you will. Everybody that contacts you or anybody you, can, you contact, they help an awful lot and they ease yes. the pain of loneliness. Okay. Just a quick shout out to Rose. Rose is um, John's Agewell companion and indeed all the Agewell companions. We have 20 of them and training four more in, in a couple of well weeks' time. Well done And they're wonderful, wonderful yeah. people. Rose, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. I'd say you enjoy yeah, the time you nice spend with this man during the week. And we have the same sense of humour and Great. like the yeah. crack, yeah. which is marvellous. Well, listen, it's lovely to meet you uh, today on the show, John Lee. I wish you all the very thank best. You. And Avril Heavey, thank you too. For Thanks, you know by now that wildlife really matters to us on late lunch and during the coming year, right through the year and all the seasons, we will be dipping in and out of wildlife matters. And to begin this year, let's start in the garden. And you may have seen a picture of you follow me on social media over the Christmas. I posted of Robin Redbreast beside me in the garden as I did some work over the holidays. The weather was absolutely lovely. But we love our garden birds and I know so many of you do. And I want to tell you that this year again, you can help, you can really help to get a handle on the species and the numbers that come to our gardens in Ireland by participating in the Irish Garden Bird Survey. And I'm delighted to tell you, I'm joined on the line by its coordinator, Brian Burke. Good afternoon, Brian. Well, how are things? Very good. Thank you for taking our call today. How many years is this of the survey now, Brian? We're in year number 31 now um, for the survey, so we think we're pretty sure it's the longest-running citizen science project in the whole country. Uh, so it's fantastic to have a project like that running for that long. It means you can really examine some of you know, the trends that are happening over the years. You know, So it's been a fantastic survey, and long may it continue. That's simply wonderful. Now, I looked at last year's results, which you published uh, late last year, which would be for the season 2018-19, and the top three garden birds that appear in most people's gardens haven't changed. Tell our listeners again what they are. Yeah, so the top one in 99.6% of gardens, just to show you how... how 
how popular they are in gardens was the robin. So that was in number one, and that was the ninth year in a row uh, it's been in first place. So robin does usually dominate. Um, Blackbird then in second place in, in 98% of gardens. You know, I always say you'd think 98% would be good enough to get first place, but obviously not. Uh, and then blue tit in third. So blue tit was top of the list once, I think it was about 10, 12 years ago. But robin, blackbird, blue tit tend to make up the top three each year. I had a look at the others on your charts. It sounded like top of the pops here, you know, in at number one this week, dropping down two, up three. But interesting, like, looking at my own garden at home, some species I thought might be a little higher. Starlings, for example, are down a little bit in the list. Yeah, um, I you know I kind of half suspect that maybe they're one of those species. You see, there are species as well that will um, group together in big flocks, and they'll be out in the the wider countryside, a lot of the the wet fields and stuff like that, looking for invertebrates. And you know, they won't come to all of they they come to fat balls and stuff like that if you have them, or if you throw out scraps in your garden. But they wouldn't come to all the feeders. So some some gardens would tend to get a lot of them, and then some gardens get none at all. Mm. And the house sparrow is a little ahead of the starling with the wren tucked in the middle between them. There, the little wren. Yeah, yeah, the wren, you know, wren again is one of those species that doesn't necessarily come to feed so you really do have to keep your eyes peeled. But again, you know, there's an awful lot of wrens around the country, so, you know, I'm sure most gardens would get them, but it's whether or not you spot them during the survey is another question. Now, referring to my own garden, and I keep a good eye, now I do a lot of ground feeding, which obviously means that we get the bigger birds, and I try to go out and chase them and let the little fillers in. But it's tough when you're chasing jackdaws, rooks, and herring gulls. Absolutely, yeah. Well, sometimes they do kind of, you know, cop that if you, they see you looking out the window, they better fly off because they know you're going to come out the door after them. But um, <laughs> the thing is, people people do worry that they're kind of bullying the other birds away from the food. And what actually happens is it just changes the behavior of the smaller birds. So the smaller birds might, rather than coming in and, you know, bouncing around and eating a bit of this food and a bit of that food, they fly in, grab a bit of food and fly away and eat it somewhere they'll be sheltered. And, you know, there isn't going to be a rook or a jackdaw harassing them. And sometimes they'll kind of come into your garden a bit earlier in the day when the, the jackdaws and rooks around or they might come in a bit later again when the, the the light is a bit duller so don't worry that they're having a huge impact they're not having a huge impact on the smaller birds but that being said if you can put food in feeders or put it maybe closer into the hedges and the trees and stuff like that you will give them uh, make it easier for the smaller birds by god you know your stuff brian burke because that is a trend and trends you mentioned there that i've spotted in my place now this year in my garden because i mean keeping an eye and i will be completing the survey i have to tell you and i encourage everybody else and we're going to tell them how they do that before we finish Two new ones for me. The wren, I'd never seen the wren round my garden before, but he's there. There's a couple of them in round the walls on the ivy and the clematis. I've seen a couple of wrens. And the other new arrivals to my garden are grey wagtails. Grey wagtails, wow, yeah, well, that's a fantastic one. Yeah, they're in a, a surprising amount of uh, of gardens, actually. Um, you know, they're a species that would be... So there's obviously there's the pied wagtail, which is the black and white one, and you would get them, you know, in, in kind of um, in towns and in car parks and places like that. They're starting to come into a few more gardens than they used to. But then you also have the grey wagtail, which is a related species, but they're more often along the rivers and stuff like that. They have a lot of yellow in them as well mm. as grey. Um, and yeah, it's it's that thing of they're a river bird, uh, and during the summer and when they're breeding, that's where you'll find them along rivers and nowhere else. Uh, during the winter they have a few more options they're not tied to the one location where they have a nest nearby so they can move around and you know if there's a good source of food uh, you know they'll take advantage of it Yeah and last year I want to say as well of course we had the beast from the east and I take it that that drove an awful lot more birds towards gardens and and the, the, the food supply that would be there 
Yeah, it was amazing to see, actually, because the Garden Bird Survey goes on from the start of December to the end of February. So we get kind of weekly data as well as yearly data, and that's really interesting to look at as well, because when the beast from the East hit, it was in the last couple of days of the survey for that year, and you could, you, I have all these graphs you know, from our database, and it shows the number of blackbirds and the number of song thrushes and the number of red wing and stuff like that. Pretty stable throughout most of the winter. And then when the beast from the East hit, you know, blackbirds were in more gardens. Song thrush, I think, were in twice as many gardens. Red wing were in 50 percent more gardens. So all the all those species, you know, came into to gardens in that last week in, in response to that cold weather. So it really did highlight um, the importance of, you know, providing kind of a refuge and providing food, an easy source of food for these birds. When that weather does hit, and sometimes it's hard to predict when it will hit, but they have somewhere to go. And, you know, that could be the difference between life or death for a lot of these species. I was looking at your top 10, and I'm delighted to say I have five of them as regular visitors. The, the robin, of course, blackbirds, magpies, wrens, uh, sparrows. And that's my five. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, they're my five. The robin, the sparrows, the magpies, the wren and the blackbirds out of your top 10 returned on the list last year. Um the the whole aspect of feeding, I just want to come back to. If I want to encourage more of the colourful birds, birds from time to time, I will see goldfinches. I have to say, Brian, come in on that. If you put up the Niger seed and the feeders and that type of stuff, will it attract these smaller, more colourful birds? Yeah, absolutely. So the two kind of golden rules I, I tell people if they want to attract more birds is one, a, that a diversity of food will attract a diversity of birds. So if you just put out peanuts, you will get a good few birds. But if you put out peanuts and sunflower hearts uh, and niger seed and even fat balls and you scatter some on the ground and some are in feeders, you'll get a much bigger diversity as the winter goes on uh, of birds in your garden. And then the other thing is birds attract other birds. So if a, a flock of goldfinches is flying over and you have a flock of house sparrows that are in your garden the whole time or a flock of chaffinches, those goldfinches are going to wonder what are those other species looking for here? There must be food here. And that will help kind of pull them in as well. Um, so if you haven't, you know, if you've only this season, you've only had five of that top ten um, if you're constantly feeding the whole time, I'd say give it time. There are species that, um, you know, there's a lot of natural food in the countryside, even up until kind of um, December and, and into January. But we do notice then a lot of species moving into gardens kind of um, mid-January and into February as well. So uh, there's still plenty of time to, to complete that top 10 in your own garden. That's really good to know. Uh, the thrushes I love, the storm thrush, the big fellow, the missile thrush, as I would call them. I see them from time to time. Not in my garden, but around the area. But the song thrush has come back yeah so they're they're one of those species that actually got quite um badly hit by the beast from the east there a couple of years ago and they're probably only starting to recover a bit uh, in in subsequent years but you know it's all these species that prefer to feed on invertebrates that if there's a lot of frost or if there's a lot of snow it's very very hard for them to forage and to find the food that they want and um, so there was definitely we do a a summer survey uh, called the Countryside Bird Survey, and my colleague Dick Coombs, who coordinates that, really noticed a drop-off in, in species like wren, which would be very small, and again, prefer to be eating insects and stuff like that, and also species like song thrush as well. Now, let's talk about the current survey, because I want to encourage as many people as possible to partake in the northeast Louth Mead here and beyond where people are listening today. What's the simplest way to go about this, and what's involved? Um, so... First of all, I should also say that um, the survey is sponsored by the Ballymaloo Group and we're very grateful to them because it means I was able to spend a lot more of my time um, making it easy for people to take part and into analysing the results as well. So if people go to our website, just birdwatchireland.ie, and you'll very quickly get them directed as links there. The first thing you'll see will be a picture of a robin and a link to the Irish Garden Bird Survey. And from that point, you'll find the instructions, you'll find a survey sheet to make it easy, you'll find... um, 
frequently asked questions about the different bird foods and why you know some are better than others and all that kind of stuff. So if you go to our website, you will find all the information there. Essentially, what we're asking people to do is on a weekly basis record the species that are coming into your garden and the highest number of each species that you see per week. So if you see two blue tits today and two blue tits tomorrow, two is still the highest number you've seen at any one time. So two is your number to beat for the rest of the week. And then you start fresh the next week. Some people kind of say, oh, geez, the first couple of weeks there, we get more or less the same thing each week. That's absolutely fine. As the survey goes on, and especially now into late January and February, um, you will notice a change. You'll notice, notice bigger numbers and more species coming into your garden. So it's a great time. If you haven't started taking part, yes, it's a great time to take part. It certainly is. And, and what a joy it is. And we were just talking here this morning about it. Uh, and many people here love the bird life in their gardens and get great joy from feeding them and watching them. And there's a great thrill when you do see a new species, Brian, come. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, there's a lot of people out there who are feeding birds for years and years in the garden, but they're not taking part in the survey. Uh, and no one ever regrets it. Once they start taking part, they kind of say, you know, it made me look at things a little bit closer. And I realize, you know, they see the different trends within their own garden. And then, you know, there's absolute delight then when a, a new species arrives in the garden as well. So it really just makes you pay that bit more attention. If you're not confident identifying all of the, the birds in your garden, don't worry. This is a great way to kind of... Um, it's a good impetus and a good uh, excuse to go looking things up and stuff like that. So uh, generally, anyone who takes part kind of comes back and nearly thanks me for telling them to take part because they really enjoy it. Oh, they'll enjoy it for sure. A couple of things before we finish up. When you start feeding in, in any manner or form, say you, you've uh, some maybe potatoes left over or rice or pasta from dinner. I, I know birds love that fruit that's gone off, uh, bread that's maybe passed by. I crumble it a good bit thinking of the smaller birds. If you start that type of feeding, is it important to be consistent with it? Um, do you know what? The, the consistency aspect is possibly a little bit overrated, but what I will say is if you're feeding consistently, the birds know that there's a good source of food there. So it means if there's a sudden cold spell, you know, the, obviously the weather forecasters might tell you a couple of days in advance. But if you're feeding consistently week from week or week to week, um, all the birds know that there's a good source of food there. And if there's a load of food in the wider countryside, what they'll do is they'll come in in the morning, maybe into your garden or in the evening, and then they'll forage around in the countryside as well. But it just means they have a, a place to go to. They don't have to go searching for it when that cold weather hits. So that's the real important reason to keep feeding. And again, the, the more you feed, um, you, know, you will notice over time an increase in, in numbers and in species as well. How important is a, a fresh source of water? And especially, I see temperatures are dropping over the next, week we may have a uh, uh, freezing conditions from time to time fresh water that birds can access absolutely vital yeah so birds need to be drinking water and they also need to, to wash in and stuff like that so a fresh source of water really really valuable and then it's that thing of when there is frosty weather all the little puddles and streams and stuff that they would normally go to are completely frozen over so if you're providing water you're making it easy for the birds they know where they can go to get their food to get their water they're not burning calories flying around the countryside looking for it uh, it's just very easy i would say the other thing is to make sure that you're it's good to wash out any water bowls, wash out any feeders every, every kind of week or two. Um, never feed birds anything that's mouldy or anything like that because that can be quite toxic to them. But a few of those little basic principles and you'll, you'll do a great job of looking after the birds in your area. Is it too early to consider uh, placing nesting boxes just at this time? Should we leave it a little while? No, this is the perfect time to do it because um, if you put it up now, it means your local birds will know it's there. They'll be kind of flying around and they'll be kind of keeping half an eye open at the moment for maybe a possible suiting, suitable nesting spot. So no, now is the time to put it out, absolutely. And how high minimum should it be off the ground? If you're, well, if you're it, attaching it to a wall or a building or something like that? Do you know, it, like some people make the mistake of putting them up way too high altogether. Really, you're kind of talking, you know, 
about two metres high is absolutely perfect. You know, you want it out of reach of, of stuff like cats and, and things like that, but it shouldn't be kind of too much higher than you can reach up with your hands, really. You know, that's kind of a, a rough um, kind of rule of thumb. OK, I have a couple. I must get them in place sooner rather than later. But anyway, go to birdwatchireland.ie. All the details are there for the Garden Bird Survey and get completing it. Let's get the numbers in there, get your species and have fun with your garden birds over the coming weeks and months. Brian's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Not at all, thank you. Take care. That's Brian Burke there, coordinator of the Irish Garden Bird Survey from Birdwatch Ireland. I just love them in the garden. I really do. I think they're such an addition. I love feeding them. I must get a bird table and a couple of feeders as well. I had them before and they went by the wayside, but I'll have to go and do that again. They bring so much joy and the colours of them and the antics of them. It's wonderful to sit and while away a few hours watching them as they go about their business. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio. More business to come with Late Lunch after the break. Some great entertainment coming up in the region uh, into the weekend, early in the new year to wet your whistle. Friday night, the showband show is happening in the Trim Castle Hotel. Then on Saturday, two big ones. The Furies are at the Carrick Dale and Foster and Allen. Yes, the boys who were with us on late lunch before Christmas. They're appearing at the TLT Theatre in Drogheda this Saturday. Check them out if you'd like a good night's entertainment at the start of the new year. Aloise, oh, we have some prize at late lunch next week. We do. Oh, going to have a bit of crack with the boys gonna and girls out crack. there. We are indeed. Just to remind everybody. Thanks to the wonderful Sandra Finnegan and the people in Globe Travel, they've given us a fantastic prize to brighten up January. Return flights with Emirates and do check out Emirates sale. It's on at the moment. Emirates are coming in with the flights. Return flights for two people to Dubai and a four night stay in a cracker of a hotel. It could be yours. How do you get into the competition? How do you enter? You do this now at this very minute. You text or WhatsApp, text or WhatsApp to 086-1800-658. That's 086-1800-658. Globe Travel, with your name and details. That's what you do today. Get onto that. Get doing it straight away. Hundreds have already. When you do that, you're in. Next week at random, we're going to go in and pick somebody's number, a number of numbers each day on the show, and we'll call you. Now, when we call you, you don't say hello or hi or anything. There's only one answer, Louise, isn't it? There's there only is. one thing to say when that phone rings. By the phone. By the phone. If your phone rings between one thirty and three thirty next week, you've got to say this. Sing. You've got to sing it, actually. You've got to <laughs> sing it. Fly me to Dubai. Okay, you got it? You have it. Fly me to Dubai. You must sing it into the phone. And if you do that next week... You're into the final phase of the competition and we'll tell you more about that and on. So get cracking now at Globe Travel to 086-1800-658 and we'll take it from there. Ah, oh, Louise, there's a grand stretch in the evenings. Oh, and Jerry. There's a grand it's stretch in the evenings. Jerry, it's about five minutes. <laughs> no? Sorry. You're keeping count. I am going to uplift the spirits <laughs> of the nation. I'm keeping a good eye on this. We got out the Irish sayings book, didn't we? Up at the yeah, office today, Kunick McGann and the crew, and it said, "Come March time, and the clock changes, you'll hear people saying a grand stretch in the evening." Yeah, March, Jerry. Hold on, what day there is, is it today? Great it's the ninth of January. <laughs> Did you not notice going out yesterday evening the light in the sky leaving here? Yeah, for about a minute. Well, can I can I clarify? Can I clarify? Can I clarify and just tell you what's happening? It's like saying this great weather out for drying the minute it stopped raining. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to me, listen. 
Sunset today is at 27 minutes past four. Okay. Right, it's not a lot. You know what I mean? 27 minutes, but it hasn't even got at a half four yet. But on the shortest day of the year, it was six minutes past four, which was around the 20th, 21st of December. So we've added 21 minutes of daytime since then. There's a grand stretch in the evenings. <laughs> Give me a break, will you? The facts and figures say it, no matter what we have in our... <laughs> I think you're stretching it a bit there. <laughs> I might be stretching it slightly. Now, listen, we got lots of comment, didn't we? Oh, John Lee. Ah, uh, he was fantastic. Wasn't he, John? What a man. He crystallised, really, didn't he, the mm. whole thing, and how he's struggling and will continue to struggle with loneliness. Listen to this. Jerry, four children, many grandchildren, and now great-grandchildren. But at my age... You get forgotten. You're Aww. left to one side. Any advice, mm. says a listener. Isn't that shocking to hear yeah. that? And I don't think it's, I don't think people forget on purpose. It's just, I suppose you tend to take it for granted that they're okay or, you know, mm. visits might get less as you get busier, I suppose. My advice to you, if you uh, John has no family. John Lee has no family. That's the thing. That message there, whoever you are, tell your family. Tell your children, tell your grandchildren how you're feeling. You've got to talk. We were talking about talking. Yeah. You've got to talk. You've got to tell them. That's all I can think of to say to you today. I'm no expert. <laughs> what do I know? But I would talk. Or get I, out. There's loads, of, there's loads of groups out there that, yeah. you know, for support and mm. fantastic groups around Drogheda, fantastic groups around me. I'm sure Dundalk, Dundalk as well. Every, all the big towns. There are people. Get out. Get out and get looking and get involved, I say. What a great guy he was. Wasn't he, Brian yeah. Burke, about the garden survey and our feathered friends? I was looking them up here at the images as you were talking. Yeah, the different yeah. ones. Uh, and listeners has been on to say she has two feeders in her garden. No birds are coming in. She lives in Navin. There was a cat round last week and wonders, is this anything to do with the birds certainly if there's a cat on the prowl and the feeders are low enough the birds know you know they won't come in but you know you should have them up about head height you know the feeders you know your head height about <laughs> six foot sorry Louise <laughs> I wasn't saying nothing about you being smaller or anything do you know what I'm saying a little bit higher than Louise <laughs> even a little bit <laughs> Higher than myself. Hi, <laughs> About six foot. <laughs> I just think somebody putting up a feeder who's small and the birds will uh-huh. never come near it. They want to be about six foot up off the ground and leave them there. Stick with them. The birds will come in. You heard Brian earlier on. This weather, it'll get harder and they're looking for more fee- feed. It will happen. I promise you. Tom Lynch is sports mad, but especially he loves his local GAA club, Ballin Lock. And they've had huge success at Ballin Lock last year year at underage level the under 14 team in particular he's very close to and though he doesn't play he's only six you see and the 14s won they consider him as their 16th man on the team to tell us more i'm joined by his mom nikki on the line good afternoon nikki hi jerry how are you i'm good thanks very much for taking our call today thank you not at all this is a great story about your young man tell us about him he's not part of the team for good reason He's not because he's wheelchair bound, Jerry. So he is, and he is only six. Mm. And um, his brother plays at the under fourteen, and his cousins. So he has a big interest in the team, direct family interest. And they had a great year, hadn't they this year? They've they had did. a great year. They've won plenty, and they've had a great year. So they have this year. Yeah. So now, despite have. the fact he's six and he needs the chair to get to get about. He never misses training or games. No, never misses a training session. Goes down with Charlie and his daddy and always does a training. Hail, rain or snow, he's there and never misses a game. 
he just loves it. He loves it. Loves getting all the jerseys and he just loves it. He's besotted with it. And they love him dearly. They do. They do. They're <laughs> very good to him. They're very good. He's always in the dressing room with them before games, after games and in with the prep talk and he just loves it. And they're very good to him. They're very good. They bring him right in as if he were a member of the squad. He hears everything. He's involved in everything. Absolutely. And the great news was that at a recent ceremony for uh, the winning of uh, the title in the summer with the under-14s, they honoured him. They did. As the 16th man, they'd honoured him with a medal. <laughs> so they did. And it was just, it was lovely. It was in Van Law Hall. And Declan would be, um, Declan Lynch would actually be his uncle that's over the team. And Susan Farrell um, would be involved Um got the medal for him and we didn't know it was going to happen so we didn't Hmm. and presented him as the 16th man um, for the team. Isn't that wonderful? Well done to Ballin Lock. They're a wonderful, wonderful club I know and so important in the community there. Now tell us a little bit about him. Why is he wheelchair bound? What does he live with? Um, we're after getting a new diagnosis now. There only a couple of weeks ago, Jerry, um, it all came back from genetics that he's been di- We didn't know until until a couple of months ago of his diagnosis, and it's a syndrome now. It's called Dejerine Sota syndrome. It's a rare syndrome that he has, and it affects all his muscles, purely his muscles, no other organ. Mm. Um, now we were told um, earlier on in, in his early stage that he had a different disorder. Um, which happens now that he doesn't have that, that, which is good because the other disorder that we were told he had um, affected his brain, but this one doesn't. So we're, and he, you can see it in him. He's so mm. happy-go-lucky and he, you know, he's so good and he's going to mainstream school and he's happy out. So he is. So we've got this new diagnosis now. Nothing changes really regarding his care. Um, it's just, he, it, it is a rare disease and, Maybe over 10 years' time, you'll see him getting a little bit weaker every time. Mm. So you will. But we're lucky it doesn't affect his brain. Yes. So we're very lucky that way. We're very blessed. He's as bright as a button, I've heard that for sure. And it's not life-threatening, which is great. And you mentioned 10 years. God knows, you know, with medical research and science over those 10 years, what may happen. And what technology can come out. You just don't know what can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what a year for Ballin Lock, under 14, under 15 and minor championship and minor, as well. They had a huge year, so they did. They'd done so well and the presentation was fantastic. It was so well done, so it was. It was well done to them all. Now, besides Ballin Lock, which he loves dearly, and he loves Meath, of course, his he native does. county. He loves Meath games, yes, but yeah. he collects jerseys from other counties as well. He does, he collects every jersey going, all the all the. GA jerseys and all soccer jerseys. Oh. Yeah, so once he gets one, he moves on to the next one and he's happy he gets that one then and wears it for a while and then goes to the new one and, and we'll go, come back and forth them. He'll decide which one he wants to wear on the day and that's it. And, and, and you mentioned the soccer. I heard he got an Everton one, did he? Uh, an Everton. He got an Everton one, he did. Yeah, his daddy was happy. His brother not so happy. He's a Liverpool supporter. Oh. But you're lucky. <laughs> What do you do? <laughs> well, it's good for him. More success yeah. on the way, certainly in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great wee story, it really is. And to hear of the love that the yeah. the people in the community there, and especially the club and those on the under-14 team have, especially for him, it is yeah. wonderful to hear. And I'm it sure, is. as you say, he gives so much, but he gets so much from them. He, he does, he does. And it's so much appreciated from us because he's such a huge part of the community. 
so he is and everybody knows him and he's just happy out and goes with the flow and follows all the boys and he's just happy out it's a great story. I just wanted to give it an airing on late lunch today yeah. and wish you and the family and especially the man himself, Tom, yeah. all the very best for the new year. You're very good, Jerry. Thanks very much. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye bye, Nikki. Bye bye. That's Nikki Lynch there talking to us from Ballinlock this afternoon. Isn't that just, Louise, isn't that something that just raises your old heart today? Yeah, it's great. It? Isn't to it? think about that. Think that he's out there in all weathers supporting everybody and then they just like they roll the ball to him they bring him out on the pitch in the mm. middle of the it's just lovely they really inclusive do really include him include him so much in what they do mm. and you can you can understand you know the uh, the award they gave him it's great yeah, that they acknowledged lovely. him with the big win for the side this year as well lovely 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 say so he was beaming oh listen wouldn't you be yourself to be uh, given a medal that you never expected yeah. and you know then to really feel hey I am I am one of these fellas who, who've won on the pitch this year great story great story absolutely love it you're at late lunch on LMFM radio our good friend Mr Fred Cook is bringing his Fred Space tour to the Glide Inn Anagassan on Saturday week the 18th of January not to be missed it's a fundraiser for the neonatal intensive care unit at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital they do wonderful work there you can uh, check out the ticket situation by going on to the glidein.ie forward slash events. That's the glidein.ie forward slash events. And it's going to be a night to remember. You know, Fred, yourself, be a laugh a minute down there. Not to be missed. The 18th of January at the Glide Inn and you're supporting a wonderful cause and you'll enjoy a fantastic man as well. Did you hear about the new movie, Louise? Yes, the new movie. No. It's in the making in Hollywood already. When Meghan met Harry. <laughs> hmm? Seriously, yeah. Critics yeah, are yeah. coming it down already. Yeah, produced by Elizabeth, directed by Charles. <laughs> yes. And canned by. Oh, well. My, dot, dot, oh, dot. my. I've never seen such a storm on the front of the British red tops. We don't have it here. We get the Irish versions of them. But if you look at the mm. UK this morning... They're it, not getting much sympathy, oh, are they? they're absolutely being cut to ribbons. Uh, in case you haven't heard, uh, Harry and Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, have announced, announced out of the blue yesterday that they're quitting the royal life and they're moving going to live the life between America and the UK and they're gone you have a theory yeah what's your theory but in, in fairness now my mad theory that I said to you this morning is kind of been backed up now well, as we well, go well tell us your mad theory first I think she wants to go to the White House I think in future years she will run for president of America mm. really yeah and, and I know you mentioned this to me this morning and I'm looking at you wide eyed and I said We'll have to talk about this this afternoon. Why do you say what you suspected has been backed up? Well, she's quite political. Like, she has spoken out about Trump. And, and I know years ago she wrote a letter, didn't she, about human rights? And mm. I, that was all over the place. Um, and as a royal, I don't think you're allowed really to say a lot. Well, she, I heard her this morning in a clip. Political? Uh, saying that she didn't expect it to be so stiff, upper-lipped. Mm. when she joined the family. What did she expect? Yes, I mean... Come on. Um, everybody knows what that is. Has anybody else uh, backed you up on that theory? Yeah, I think uh, Mary Kenny I saw somewhere oh. and she kind of reckons maybe 2028 or something well, might see her. If Mary Kenny is saying it, she is a fair in. She's a, mm. a, a royal watcher very closely as well. P- 
Piers Morgan <laughs> has an interesting few words. Does, yeah, he's not you, ha- very impressed, is he? I just he has uh, put no. up on Twitter. Go on. He says people say I'm too critical of Meghan Markle, but she ditched her family. She ditched her dad. She ditched most of her old friends. She split Harry from William, and now she split him from the royal family. I rest my case. Mm, tough. But, do you know tough words? Harry has a gob in his mouth as well, you know. Mm. Like they're all going against Meghan, but you know, is it Harry any, can is say it, no. They got a lot of negativity there last year, from mid to late last year, mm. and I suppose Harry saw what happened to his mother as well. Yeah, but Diana. Yeah, and he can't blame Meghan. I mean, she's getting slated now mm. for stepping away, and she was getting slated for not stepping away. Yeah. So. It's it's a Ferrari, it really is. And I know you, you say, what are you talking about that today for on LMFM radio in the northeast of Ireland? Everyone's talking about it. Yeah, and, and, and I say it again, and I know it irks some people when I say it. There is a huge interest in the royal family mm-hmm. in Ireland, the Republic of Ireland. There really is. I know it. I've experienced it. I've seen it. And on the other hand, there's people who've probably just switched off as we talk yeah. here. I, you know, that may be the case as well. But... but love to know how they want to become financially independent. Ah, uh, listen. <laughs> the checkbooks are out. There's no such thing as a checkbook. The, the cards have been put up, the, the cards, and they can swipe them forever they want. There'll be no shortage. They won't be in any difficulty ever in their lives, you know, no matter what mm. happens. So, well, I just don't understand how they're stepping away. They're keeping their title. Mm. They're saying about, you know, being financially independent, but then they're saying that they still will do some state visits abroad to back the Queen which mm. is paid for by taxpayers mm. you but know what are they do they want the best of both worlds they, they yeah. want to step away and they want to be still Duke and Duchess of Sussex I think they just want the freedom to maybe do their own thing if mm. they want to I don't think they told her <laughs> they didn't tell her indoors that's a mistake yeah. it's a big mistake they should have had a chat with her granny this is the story we want to and but they seemed to jump the gun and the the, the protocols were all out the window. But they that just was went ahead the with it. With they them. didn't do anything by the book and watch this space. Oh well, you know I love the Crown, the Netflix series. I've just mm-hmm. watched series three. Mm, I loved one or two. The characters changed for series three. I was warming to it towards the end. There's a four and a five. You know that to come. There's two more at least series of it. Maybe even three. Um, but it won't reach the current generation. But for the future, this will be another story. It's like the abdication what? of the king, when the king abdicated. Oh, so, uh, to Mary Simpson, is it? Yes. Edward, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Wallace Simpson. You know, like, I'm not saying this, mm. but it's, you know, there's a Ferrari akin to that. You know, there you go. Yeah, but she has actually ruled out starring as herself in The Crown. Hmm. Well, that's something, isn't it? <laughs> that's something to be really grateful for this Every afternoon. Cloud. That she hasn't uh, done that. or Well, who knows in the future, as you say, when the, the cheques are waved and the money in front of them. Anyway, good luck to them. Anyway, watch this space. This story will surely run and run. There's a message there. What about men's sheds, Louise? Somebody's been on to us yet. Tell Somebody them. just said um, oh, on the back of that okay, man that yeah. asked for advice. Um, yeah. To, that this... Uh, Jerry, tell that man in, about na- men's sheds. In Navin. You learn a skill or just a chat. And yes, I know about loneliness. I live alone. That comes from Joe. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. We will uh, mention it, of course, to our opening guest today. Wasn't he wonderful? Uh, the wonderful John Lee, 90 years young and talking about loneliness to us. Men's sheds are a great outlet for men who are lonely. If you just want to go for a chat or a cup of tea and they're all round the northeast as well. Thank you, Joe, for that suggestion. 
I think it must be the greatest thing in the world. A football. Give a football to a child and they love it. And look at the hours of fun they get out of it. Think of all the entertainment we get from football's Gaelic games. Think of the soccer around the world, you know, of all ages. Well, I'll tell you something. I'm holding a football now, but it's a very different football. But it looks looks in the world like a normal football but it is quite different and the young man who's brought this football to me and to tell me about the idea he's come up with is in the hot seat in late lunch Conor Nolan you're welcome to the show thanks very much for having me not at all thank you for joining me first of all tell our listeners you are in TY I'm in TY in St Mary's yeah in Drogheda in Drogheda yeah Great school. Yeah, it is. It is. And renowned as a school that puts an awful lot into transition year. Yeah, it's a very good transition year programme. It is. It's ver- it's ran very well by our transition year coordinator, Miss Curtis. Great. And she's a well-known lady to us. And we say hello to her this afternoon uh, from LMFM Radio. Now, you're on the TY year. And of course, in TY, you have many aspects yes, to the that's year. It, yeah. I was just reading... In, y- Elderly visits each week. Is that part of the programme? Well, it is, yeah. We are our transition year community this year, or our transition year uh, team this year is community. So as part of that team, we visit a Trader Lodge daycare centre every week, twice a week. And uh, I was part of uh, one of the first groups who went and got to witness um, everything that goes on behind the scenes in Trader Lodge. Did it open your eyes? It did, it did, yeah. It's very sad to see... Uh, how this disease affects some people like it's mm. it's awful so we're talking about dementia and alzheimer's dementia and yeah. alzheimer's yeah for young people you don't expect to encounter that you know yeah, what i mean I know, at, I at know. this part of your life but it, it obviously had a profound effect on you and and the others yeah it did yeah it was uh, it was very it opened my eyes like it was very sad to see what what it does to people so then when you see this and you go away and you do these visits, well done to you all, twice a week as well. Thank you. What put this football concept in mind? Tell them what I'm holding here. Explain to listeners. They can't see it. So what have I got here? It's a soft uh, size 5 football with six memory triggering questions on it. So when a dementia sufferer catches the ball, uh, they just read the question that is facing them and they start talking about the topic. So it's a great conversation builder and creator. And may I say, it's a lovely soft ball. It is, yeah, for the safety of the... So you could throw this to anybody? Yeah, anybody, yeah. It can be played indoors, outdoors, it can be... For any age? Any age, yeah. Men or women? Or women, yeah. So on the ball, it's it's like any football, it's red and white, it's beautiful. There are different little words in it. Do you want to read them out there? So there's six questions here. A toy I loved (laughs) as a child, my favourite car, my favourite song, food that I used to cook... A childhood friend and my favourite movie. So, in all those little sayings, give it to me again. I'll just take one of them uh, for my favourite song. I'm sure. So, you throw the ball to somebody, they grab it, and whatever is facing them of these sayings yeah. here, they look at it. Yeah. And it. Yeah, it's it's a memory trigger question. It prompts so it a conversation. Just, it does. Yeah, it's it's something that they remember from back in the day, and it will just it's just easier to start a conversation like that. My favorite song is a wonderful yeah, I because know. you know yourself. I know. Yeah, people love to music sing and it. hear music. Yeah, it is. So away you go. So you pick a topic from this. Then the toy I loved as a child. A toy I loved as a child, taking them back to their childhood. Yeah. Where, where who came up with all these different phrases on the ball? Uh, I came up with all the Yourself? questions. Yeah. Yeah, good man yourself because they are pertinent my favourite movie you know going to the movies my yeah. favourite car you yeah. know that would bring it back to you as well so you, you've developed this ball who puts the 
the little phrases on the football who makes the football where does that come from so I found a manufacturer I messaged many f- manufacturers around the world and I found a manufacturer in the United Kingdom who were willing to do it so I ordered 100 balls off them and they basically custom manufactured it it's red and white uh, there's six screen printed questions on it for a permanent finish so it's, the questions stay on there yeah yeah they don't come off no they don't it's lovely and it's lovely to feel and I have to say the smell of it you know in <laughs> you football oh I know. just want you to get out and get going with it but on a serious note you have field tested this you've yeah. taken this with you to homes I've, yeah go on and, and what, what's the feedback, feedback been? I, I've loads of reviews on my Facebook page I've got great uh, feedback people have bought them for their family members and nursing homes around Christmas time and they said it was a great uh, activity to play on Christmas day for all ages of pe- members of the family I'm just thinking as well even in the throwing and catching of I the know, ball yeah. you know yeah. it's a little bit of physical yeah, activity it, as yeah. well and, and like coordination, coordination. Yeah. you know it's helping with that as well besides the prompting of the conversation so people have bought these and you're getting uh, return feedback saying yes great on an individual basis and homes and places where people are cared for like it really that's it they throw it to each other in a circle yeah lovely lovely how much how much do they sell for uh, so they're twenty five euro per ball with five euro going to the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland good man yourself so you're thinking of them all the way yeah um, do you think you'll have to order more? Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> the interest is high, yeah. <laughs> what silly question that is, because he's, he's nearly out of what he has, yeah. but there is a huge interest, there isn't is, there? There is a huge this? interest and great feedback from people. So this is your concept, your idea alone? Yeah, yeah it's all me. Brilliant. <laughs> you you must have a football background. You played a bit yourself. Yeah, I did. did I you? used yeah. to play football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do you follow any football club? Would the red and white on the football be a little clue? Well, I am a Man United fan, <gasps> but uh, the red is actually for uh, it uh, makes a dementia suffer uh, alert. So that's why. that's the idea. But too much it. red makes them stress. So okay. I've put in, so the I've actual combination yeah. on the ball is another no, aspect behind of this. It, yeah. God, you've taught this <laughs> even more than I thought you thought of this as well. I know. So the colours are significant, the yeah. feel of the ball is significant. The questions. The questions yeah. on it as well. And the whole motion of throwing as well has that yeah. physical and coordination, eye-hand coordination to yeah. it. It's fantastic. Thank From you a very, much. very, very simple idea, may I say. Thank you very much. It really is. Uh, I suppose you don't want to talk about Manchester United being here no, today. No, I don't right think now. Manchester United fans don't <laughs> want to talk about Manchester United. No, we'll we, we leave you go on that one. But look, as part of your year, you've come up with something really, really interesting. Yeah. You really have. Thank and you very and much. the community aspect of it. Back to the visitations when you go and visit and that as well. Do you strike up, do you feel a relationship of sorts? I know people's minds, yeah. they may know you in one minute and the next minute they don't, or they may not know you at all. But do you feel that you're making a a connection yeah like when you visit them you do make a connection like they might not know your name or anything but they know where the Mary's boys like you know like every week they know that we're coming like so and they look forward to seeing you yeah when we're there there's a big smile on their face it's hard to start a conversation with some of them but like obviously with that ball it makes it a lot easier it's breaking the ice isn't it really as such you're an inventor you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> Thank you. And and especially in an area that is uh, one that has become huge. In yeah. You know this yourself. More and more people are I know, living I know, with this, I know, sadly. It's awful, yeah. And more will as the years yeah. go by. 
I think you're fantastic. I, I you really do. Much. Have you anything else in your mind, or is is this? <laughs> or does this you know young scientists is on at the moment? Yeah. Think about this. Yeah. You know it's on There's at this loads point of in competitions time. Competitions coming up. Yeah. Yeah. You know something like that maybe in the future. But would it inspire inspire you maybe to look more yeah. at this whole area? Well, yeah. Like a throw and tell activity balls. There's loads of different things I could make. I'm thinking of manufacturing balls for people with autism. So sensory balls. So uh, like I haven't designed anything yet, but like there's definitely, definitely mm. thought behind it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are many other applications yeah, that I would it. even and see. And I've got, I've got uh, recommendations from people who have liked my Facebook page and other things that I could, I could bring to the market. Mm. And you know it is so visual. You know you can often introduce something like this talking to somebody, but if somebody sees that in front of them and reads the words, yeah. which people do, and they can of course still, even with the, their limitations, yeah. it brings it up straight away. Oh, I love it! I love it! I really do. I think you've come up with something really brilliant, and congratulations Thank to you. you. Very I much. wish you all the success in the world with this and whatever follows beyond so it as much. well. So more orders going into the UK, more balls available. How do people find out more about this? And you have a name in it. What do you call it? Uh, throw and tell dementia activity balls. Okay. Where do people find out more information about so, this who may be listening today and think, yeah. God, I'd like to have one of these. They can email me at connornolan7 at gmail.com or they can find my Facebook page throw and tell dementia activity balls and it's also shared on the humans of St Mary's Dawson page. Yes, and that's a very good page there, yes. Humans of St. Mary's Diocese and that page there as well. Your email just say it once more. ConorNolan7 at gmail.com. There you are, you have it. Just wanted you to mention that again and we'll have all those details off our usual number here, 1850 My Faith in the country is renewed every time <laughs> I meet people like you. Young, wonderful people. Despite everything that's going on in the country, the future is bright. Congratulations to you, Connor, with Thank this uh, Dementia Activity Ball. As I say again, it's fantastic. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you for joining me on Thanks the show today. Me. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this Thursday afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to leave you in the company of the real thing. And you to me are everything. You are to us, I promise you. See you tomorrow. Have one.
never change your part If it takes forever, girl, then I'm prepared to wait The day you give your love to me won't be a day too late The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.